Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, and our very special Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to be here. We've got the number first to call in and ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your call. So please call in 718-683-5858. Um, and Rav Nissen, do we have anyone on? Yes, uh, we are from Israel a long distance and uh, almost early morning over there. Hello, you're on there. Yes, hi. Um, first of all, thank you very much for the local number. Sure, you're welcome. Yes, um, that's actually a new and thing. We, we it's 2 o'clock got in the little... morning, so um, I stay up till now because my question is very important. Okay. Um, okay, so I have a friend that um, when she had a baby a few years ago, her son was abused by um, his Wait, uncle. hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, we don't take... It's got to be family-appropriate calls. Please forgive me for that. I understand. I'm just... I'm not telling you what... You uh, use the word that we don't use on the radio, on the okay? program. We don't use those words. So we're going to try to remove it. We'll have Aaron remove this. Please ask your question again and take out that word. Please forgive me, but we don't even use that word on, on air. Oh, so what should I use? Had a difficulty. Or then don't ask your question. It's not appropriate. Would you uh, okay, have had a difficulty with that, to this? Right. Is that okay? Sorry, say that again? Uh, he had Remember, a difficulty with that. Remember, I want you to eight-year-old kids are listening to this program. Would you want your eight-year-old? Yeah, I understand. Okay, so he had a difficulty with that, uh, Uncle. Okay. And she went to Rabona to all kinds of uh, people, and they all wanted to protect uh, instead of I don't. Let's 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 yeah. avoid it. I'm sorry. Let's not go there. I, Ravnison, yeah. I think we should. I'm sorry, man, but this is just not. It's not what we do here. Tell us your question without the history. What's your question? Uh, okay, so I, I can't go into detail. That's I mean, right. I'm not going to go into detail. This I just want to right. ask this a question. Simply not. Um, I I so appreciate your question that you're reaching out, and I do. This is just. Not what, I'm not going into what, any details. I'm just telling you was mistreated okay, by the I'll people. Ask, okay, I'm um, I'm sorry. So, um, no, I, I'll tell you. Okay? I'd like to please move on. Yep. If you'd like ask any other question, I appreciate you uh, being uh, up. This is a topic to discuss, and it's just not just not what we're doing now. Please understand that. I, I really. Hello. Okay. I'm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm really sorry. Uh, just uh, you know the phone is. Okay. So we have uh, Mrs. G. Mrs. G. Okay. Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai. Yes, hi. Um, okay, so let's pretend you don't know who I am, yeah? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm calling just to, I want to bring the awareness because I know a lot of people uh, in my circle that respect your opinion. So okay, when that's is already there, puts the okay. pressure on me as if now my opinion, I, we, we share neutral Okay, no, thoughts. sorry. Okay, no, no, okay, yes. not your opinion. Okay. Great. No, I just know that you're very respected all over. So, okay, just if you're if Thank you, you don't go have ahead. to Let's answer. Let's hear the question and we'll deal with it. Okay, exactly. okay, I'm gonna That's ask you the right. question and you don't have yeah. to answer oh. here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, the question is that when is there? I know that there is a time that kids need to adjust to to a rabbi. When is there a time? I'm not giving any details. When is there a time that you really have to stick up for your child and it's not called that you're spoiling your child or you're too overprotective? That is such a general question. It will take me about three hours to teach that and to discuss that. Uh-huh. Okay, so okay, I'm just trying. If you would, let's, let's, let let me explain to you how complicated it is. Watch. 
If your kid, yeah. I'll show you eight different scenarios. If your kid had a problem last year and they didn't have it this year, yeah. and then all of a sudden maybe she's speaking to the teacher. If your kid had a problem the other years and the teacher told you the other years and you're still in denial, then stop blaming the teacher. Start dealing with it yourself. Now, each of these two answers are so far a big thing. If your kid is someone that's complaining and always complains and always blames in the house, and you're still again, so it's going on a while, complains all the time, then you've got to go ahead and not blame the teacher, go ahead and deal with yourself. If it's an issue there's shalom bias stuff going on, the kid isn't listening at home, or not listening at school, not listening at home, then again, go ahead and deal with it within yourself. Let's go ahead and, and take some more situations. What about the situation is, if your kid knows they could get away with it, you're weak and your husband is stronger, so they complain to you a whole time about the teacher, the Rebbe, but really it's not that. So do you realize how many complicated situations? Yeah, That's yeah, why I we see. need a okay. person calling okay. up themselves uh, okay. about their question. Yeah, so this I way see. we can help do it. So when we ask theoretical questions, there are hours of discussion. And for anyone that listens to this program about me, I really don't enjoy theory. I enjoy reality. Like, give me a okay, question. So, okay, so I'm going give to it, give it more detail. So let's say there's a boy that w- was always very happy to go to Haide, but for some reason uh, one year he's really complaining. He never, ever complained. And there's other programs like at night or in the morning that he's really running to it, but Specifically to this Rebbe, he he is complaining on, on serious issues. Is is there a time where the mother should hear what her kid is complaining about? <laughs> okay, am I? Is it too? Now I think we're leaving the question. So let me shift it back to you. So let me ask you: What would you say yeah. if there is a kid? that he loves going to every other state, that he loved going every year to school, and all of a sudden there's one Rebbe that he doesn't like going to school. What do you think this mother should do? No, I think the mother should try but to do everything. But if that mother tries everything and everyone is telling her, like, just let it go, everything is fine, like denying the fact. So let me go ahead and shift it right back to the mother. What does this mother think she should do? She should try to do everything, but if she's, if she's getting and if she can, so what's she going to do? Harvin, listen, can you get involved in this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Understand, okay. like, what? Right. I know there's okay, a reality okay. here. Or Harvin, listen, you get involved. Okay, I, I, I would, no problem. I would say try to get, first of all, the kids' opinion. What, what, you know, try to get into the kids and try to think, you know, try to talk with him what happened. Could be something yeah, happened. Yeah, so I know, yeah, so my kid was expressing exactly what bothers him about that, Trevi. What do you mean? This rabbi, rabbi, talk to him not, not nice. Talk to him, you know, did okay, something so to him. Okay, so it's an overall. Um, I don't know if I, I want to do everything here, but I'm gonna say there's an overall um, rabbi that's close to 70 years, and my child has an issue hearing his what he's talking about, and he has an issue with his uncontrolled anger and physical abuse. Okay, so so I, I would say first of all address it to the principal. If not, try to try to move him from the class. And you know, if your son has a problem with the earring, your son or the rebbe? No, the my my son has a problem with okay. just the way the way he's not talk, talking the, the on the the volume he's talking and and okay. um, so I, I there's would... a lot of a lot of issues okay. from all over. I, he, and he, he is miserable, and he, like a child that was happy, is now miserable and moodless and and really, really... So, again, business. so notice what's happening. They want to know what should she do. What's... Well, if the school's not changing or you're not able to change, then you change the That's... school. 
Yeah, but I, I tried. I put in a lot of energy, and they're choking. No, hold on. Now, that's what I said. Change schools. What's holding you back from changing schools? Okay, okay. So I did change. I, did, I do try. Okay, so changing class. They don't want to hear about it. They, they, I don't know. They can't. Let's they wait, I they have a lot of I want to realize. I want you to realize what we're doing right now. What we're yeah, doing okay. is uh, not okay. always does life work out the way we want. Now, what are your choices? Yeah. Okay. So change school. Other school. I did try, even though schools that are not like, are they don't want to take. They're not taking in so easily other children. Okay. Let's not go into what not. Let's understand your situation. Okay. You're so in what school, I can do. Your kid isn't happy. What are yeah. your choices? The school's not willing to change. The school's not willing to work with you. Now, what are your choices? Um, convincing my child is not a choice because he, whatever, he's not taking anything. He feels he wants to. He, he By the way, that can. is a choice. By the way, just you to be aware of. Yeah, I know, but I did try everything. But when I tried to convince him, he's like, "You don't understand me," and okay, I feel it's like I'm, so I'm that's not an option. And then he's like, I, mean, I feel like I'm in prison, and, uh, like I'm, I'm really in jail, and I, and um, I, I don't know which second he's gonna think that maybe I didn't listen to him, and and when he's gonna attack me. And um, so convincing isn't an issue because he, he yeah. doesn't want to. Okay. And now then, what are your um, other options? Um. I tried everything, but everyone is like... Oh, yeah, so what are your <laughs> options? Recognize. We we understand that. What um, are your options? Uh, um, I did go, I, I, okay, so I am trying. I'm trying everything. But now I have an option that someone told me to, to bring, like, a note from a therapist that my kid is taking it very hard and they have to do something. I don't understand why that will... Okay, fine. So you'll bring it up to the therapist, but the school doesn't want to change you. What will happen then? Okay, so go ahead and do that. So get your son to a therapist, have them evaluate, and then have the therapist call the school. Do you think that will help? I don't know, but someone actually told me that he can work with it. If he has a note, he can work with it. Okay. So I'm just trying great. from so that's a different excellent. angle. Fantastic. That is a great question. Great. So mm -hmm. now you got one option. Let's come up with two more options. So one option is get a therapist involved. Good. I actually asked the Rob, and he also said that I should do everything to to fight for my child. And um, but I, I tried, and I don't know. They're not. It doesn't help. Um, Mr. What do I you should, say? You know, but uh, I just I I, I think that uh, really that uh, it's it's a sad matter of how old are the kids? I don't I didn't hear it. Uh, okay, the kid is eleven year old. Eleven year old, and uh, I think that uh, and other what about the other other teachers? Okay, other parents? No, no, I, no, no. I don't like other teachers. It, it doesn't have only one teacher. Okay, now he has that one teacher from nine to five. From nine to five, from the morning to the oh, and uh, I actually wanted to put in a different teacher, but but the rabbi is complaining that he's he uh, they're insulting him and he, they would whatever. This is a uh, this is one of the issue, uh, big issue with the uh, school system. You know, I think I think that yeah. So the whole okay, school okay. system is is telling me that they wanna they they wanted well, they were working the whole summer to. 
to tell him that he should find another position. And they're all scared of him because he's saying that he has to, whatever, he's controlling the whole system. Okay, okay I'll tell okay. you what. Um, these are one of these cases where it's really about you now. What are you going to do? Uh, okay, we're still going to try doing, but I I just want to get the reassurance because some people are just telling me, like, let go, ignore the whole issue. I can't so, like, give like, you the reassurance. <laughs> I can only tell you that you need to do what's best for your son. Sometimes it is being assertive. Sometimes it's letting go. Sometimes it's even teaching your son that sometimes we don't have that many options out there. And let's learn how to make the best. Means yeah. I've, I've got clients coming all the time that well, they're married to a, a mother-in-law that's a personality disorder, a father-in-law that's a personality disorder, whatever it should be, where they're getting into a lot of pain. Those are situations they didn't ask for. Sometimes mm-hmm. people that will develop OCD, anxiety, depression, they didn't ask for any of that. We got yeah. to also learn. Now, uh, the only reason why I'm saying this is because, of course, the school should be, ch- should be flexible. Of course, things should be different. But not always are there options out there. Many times I find where people are also pushing that they want certain ways out of life, where sometimes you've got to be able to be flexible and go and, and make changes and accept. Do you really want to be there? Are there choices out there? So all I'm saying is you're in a very difficult situation, and we really don't have experience with such situations. It means what we do is we work on the individual. So the question is, what can you do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. I'll try uh, to we got, I'm sorry. We got this kind of text, uh, uh, you know, that uh, said, uh, did you try Torah Masora? Sorry? What is Torah Masora going to do? They're more an educational. Thing. Yeah, but they they're also think uh, they have to involve with the school system and maybe uh-huh. the fund. Yeah, that's what. Uh, uh, and it could be a very good idea. Try to Torah Masora. I tell you, last mm-hmm. yesterday, yesterday I had my show and I was really, really uh, very uh, strong against certain, uh, I would say, certain idea in our system in our school that I, I found. For example, that uh, unfortunately some kids just being thrown from the system outside without any consideration, without any, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still think that this is a very, very big issue, big topic, that our system mm. has to be work and strongly. And I believe that maybe Toamasora uh, can, can just m- maybe, yeah. maybe can influence. I would say that. If a teacher, and I don't want to say educator, it's any school, doesn't matter if it's a Jewish school, non-Jewish school, public school, if a teacher reach a point that he cannot control his anger and he cannot control the class, please try to find another job. Try to find, you know, with all respect, you give a lot to the, to the system. I know that our mm. teachers, our teachers are getting underpaid and they're working very hard, but uh, in a certain way, I think that I found it. I found it, uh, and I I said I said it loud and clear. I think it could be that a murder of a soul. Yeah, and yep, I, yep. I I, I would say this that. this is this yeah. is responsibility. This is responsibility of the people of the leaders of the community responsible with the leader of the schools uh, about about it. I don't know the issue here. Really, yeah. I'm not I'm not taking yeah. a side, but I yeah. think that it's very important. Very important that. This is it. Mm. You can, you can, 
you can... Yeah, but now they're throwing it at me that they want to, uh, I should arrange it. I should talk to the Rebbe. I should arrange it because they, it's a long time that okay, they want to so actually maybe, change maybe, Okay, maybe you go to the Rebbe. Maybe they go and tell him, tell him, listen, the Rebbe, Rebbe, you know what? You are, oh, I, again, I don't know what, I don't want to say the yeah. name Rebbe. Yeah, okay, I don't, no, I, yeah. I would say, you tell the, you tell the teacher, tell the teacher, listen, no, my son is very, very afraid of you. My son is, doesn't feel that, you know, you care, you know, maybe, maybe you just change the, the you know, the classroom, you know, it's something like this. You yeah, approach yeah, him, okay, approach but, uh, yeah, him as a Jew. That's as, what as, I actually did. I told him you're so great, but just they my son takes it hard. And she's stuck. She's stuck. Okay. So I, 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 would, I would say if it was my, my son, I would change him to school. Right. Mm, I see. Okay, it. just one more thing that I, I actually called a lot of mothers and they all told me that their children are miserable but they don't want to like they don't want to touch, they don't want to hurt anyone. No, but you know, right. it's no so it's, let's the, just be clear. So again, I think I think we've discussed this times in the past that the goal is to get the parents to either write their name and to stand up for it because when you say other mothers say that but you don't have it written that they said it, it's not counted as anything. So the school doesn't know it. If you can come with a list of 10 mothers, and then some of them might be maybe iffy, but if you've got 10 mothers, then you'd have the rest following. So if you can get 10, then you can get 15. You get 15, that's already a sizable number. And as you start off saying, the school said, if you can get your kid to a therapist that can evaluate him, that will definitely make a difference. Saying, I saw your kid. I've seen this kid, this kid was happy, and maybe even have the therapist speak to the last year's Rebbe or the, and the other extracurricular Rebbein that you said that he's happy to go to. So if you can have this therapist say, I saw the kid, I spoke to the other Rebbein, I spoke to last year's Rebbe, they're all happy, and is this year's Rebbe, that is not good for him. Either you change his class or you change the teacher or you change the Rebbe, that definitely makes a big difference. So what you want to do is you want to like build up the evidence for your case. So when it's you saying, I said, and others' mothers say that, people do that all the time, others say it. When yeah. you have someone's name down there, not, so, not they said it, you actually have the person's name on a paper. They signed the paper. That puts their actions there. And you could tell them, I will not give your paper until you have, you know, three or four signatures. So I know when I got my Haskama on for the book that I wrote, we was, I got one rough first, and that rough said, I just don't want to be the only rough. So I said, it will not go out until I have the second rough. But can, you, can I use your letter to show the second rub? And the second rub saw it, and then they had they review the book, and that's how we're able to get it. So what I'd like you to realize is you might tell certain mothers, saying, I will not show this paper to anyone. Let's till, till we don't have 15 names, I won't give it to the school. And this is how you build it up. This is called petitioning. That's how choices are. That's how changes are made. Mm-hmm. Good. I see. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Very brave yeah. of you to deal with it and to and to make the changes. And remember, your responsibility is to your child first and let everyone else deal with their issues, what they've got to do. But your job is your son. And, and you, if, you have to be huh? – sometimes I tell you, again, I'm jumping a little bit, I think, uh, that sometimes we as a parents, we always protect our kids. Uh, so uh, better to take him to, uh, to uh, a kind of therapy and – See what is really deep. Maybe, maybe it's something that also with. I don't say it. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. That, yeah. You know, maybe something with the sky, uh, kids also. So just help the, and see what the situation. Because if the therapist will say nothing wrong with this, so go go ahead and continue to see. With the take some names from the classroom and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. 
Yeah, okay. Yep. okay and I'd also you. like to say, on the other hand, since we're going a little negative or about some teachers that might not be good or should not be involved, I always like saying, Baruch Hashem, majority yes. of our abatement teachers are amazing people. They're not in it for the money because we know they're not getting paid. And yeah. we know they're getting paid late, those that are. So, Chas Shalom, this is not in anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I can agree to that. Cause, exactly. Yeah, and here we have a mother exactly that she's saying she had amazing rebellion, and her son's happy to go to the afternoon or to the evening rebellion. Happy with everyone. It's just one rebellion. No, I have my other son that's overexcited, and before all the years, my son was. With the last year, my exactly. son was every day Thank coming you. home exactly overexcited. So what we want to say is that Chastrom, your call is not against Rebbeim. Your school is against a Rebbe that should be out of the system, and that many parents are having difficulties, and the school is having a difficulty how to deal with it. And this is your question, and that's why your answer, the answer to your question, isn't as simple like do this or do that, because it sounds like there's an unhealthy situation going on over there. Uh, no, okay. and I do want to say that last year the Rebbe was really building every child up and making a great job and really wow. uh, Hashem. great Hashem. Yeah. thank so you there thank are you. Very this good is what rabbis, shows that uh, makes it that you're a normal mother that you're not someone that's complaining i just want you to realize that makes a big difference so you're showing you are a normal mother and you appreciate rebellion but if there is a rebbe that is not good it also as well has to be addressed thank you okay yeah okay thank you okay great thank you listen who are we going to next we're going mr. to mr m hello Yes, Mr. M, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, I would like to bring awareness to uh, children's tests because I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm so say I'm again, you want to bring awareness to what, to children's tests? Children which are taking tests in schools because I'm... Yeah, when children are taking tests, yes. Right, I'm part of 80 students and I'm, I'm very involved in the test. But before that, I have a question about... Hold on. What is the, can you just clarify, what is the awareness that you wanted to bring about uh, a test? Yes. Um, because I'm involved in an 80 student test, what it is Okay, is good. So what did you want to say about tests? Uh, we, we just... The Rebbe gave a test, and it was in uh, the batch... It was the same test to about 50 students or a little more, and it came out... Terrible, but the Rebbe, I had him as the Rebbe, and I know he's the most amazing Rebbe. Everybody knows he's very clear, loving, and everything. Just, the, the, just it didn't work out. So we're sitting there trying to figure out what went wrong. How is it possible? Meaning, it's possible, but how is it to prevent it for next time? He's thinking maybe give a test every week instead of every three, four weeks or something. But then I thought about it. Me, I want to know if it's correct what I'm saying that. If the Rebbe plays with the, with the students' minds and about the test, it's not who you are. When you see that 80 on your test, that mark, that whatever number they pull, it's 100 or 65, it's not you. It's just this subject. I don't want to say subject to Surat. This, this is what the, the number that you got on Halakha under pressure, in a classroom, on a Sunday, which the air is a little more playful. Would that help in a big way to the students, showing them this is not you, the mark is not telling who you are? Of course. Let's take it a step further. I'm doing now a teacher's training workshop, and happens to be the workshop that we're doing tomorrow is about tests. And we, I have a completely different spin on the test. And to me, a test is as follows. A test is just telling you 
we had X amount of information this week. This is about how well you prepared, how well you hazard the information, how well you understood the information, and also how well you take a test. So let's say a kid gets an 80, and he goes over to the Rebbe and says, or to the teacher, because it could be a boy or girl, and say, you know, I really knew my stuff. I didn't do well on the test. Ask me the question. And you can see a big difference. So now the kid knows that they know it. Now let's take a step back. Let's say a kid gets an 82 weeks in a row. Now it's a teacher. It's the teacher's job to be able to tell them what's going on that you're getting an 80, which means not that 80 is good or bad, but 80 is I believe you can do better. So what can we do for that to happen? Now, if the kid says I have a difficulty taking the test or I didn't study that well, so now part of the growth is learning actually how to study before a test. So a kid could be smart, but if you don't review two nights before, three nights before, you won't do well on the test. So what a test is, a test tells you is as follows how well the kid might have learned that week, how well the kid takes a test, how well did the kid study before, how well is the teacher teaching the information, and how well is the kid getting the information. So as we had in the last caller, imagine you hear a kid is doing, sorry, the kid is doing very, very well at home, doing very well with last year's teacher, very well all over, but now now there's a separate problem that with this Rebbe, the kid isn't doing well. So now the test will show, and now the parent goes over to the school, the parent goes over to the teacher, to the Rebbe, and say, what's going on that my kid that was getting 90s or 80s or 90s or 100s also getting 40s and 60s? Now, if the school will say, we had the problem last year, now we have tests to show it. If the mother pulls out the test from last year saying he did well, no, what's going on this year? So test is just an indicator. And what's happening today's days is many times that there are Kids get tests, and the teachers aren't able to pay attention to each test and to be able to give the individual attention to each kid. What happened that you're doing less now than you did before? Or the first half a year, you did better, and now you did worse. So I can tell you from the teachers that are taking the workshop, they've all told me there's a tremendous increase and change in the way kids are taking the tests by them and on the way kids are participating. They're so much more involved because they see they're involved. So remember, a test is not meant for a kid to feel I'm an 80. The test is telling us how much did you understand, how much did you review, how much did you focus, how much effort did you put into taking this test well. And therefore, if someone has a difficulty taking a written test, then they can take an oral test, or then we've got to figure out how to get the test that way. So again, I agree with you that if a kid gets an 80 several times, the kids know you're not an 80 student. That is the danger of a test where people label themselves based on the test when it has nothing, it might have nothing to do with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, very good. All right. So about about the students, um, there's one specific, uh, not specific, but there's a child that she was diagnosed with ADHD. She went for medication and blah, 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 the whole nine yards, therapist, and, and it's, a, it's a whole work. Yeah. But I watched this kid who no one would believe could sit for 10 minutes, forget about 20 minutes to a half hour. When he got a phone, he sat there on the same chair for five hours straight. No water, no snacks, nothing. Just him and the phone. Does that still is that still possible with ADHD? Yes. Does that Let me explain to you why. ADHD means the brain 
if he's ADD, let's use those words, ADHD, because there's a, a, a part where the body, there's a, one type where the mind needs to run the whole time, and there's another one when the body also needs to move. So there's the inattentive type, there's ADHD, or the active type. So mm-hmm. what that means is that if this kid is just ADHD, the mind, where it's inattentive, so anything that has, that has stimulus, quick stimulus, they could sit now for hours. So there's the inattentive type and the hyperactive impulsive type. That means that this kid, if he's playing a game and there's so much stimulus going on, then they're able to sit for 20 hours. But if it's a slow, boring game, within three seconds, they'll be bored. So that phone, how interesting was that game to that kid? Stimulus, how how quick do they always have to move and keep their attention? That it kept them, and if they take their attention off for a second, will anything change in the game? And what about like texting? There was all these apps and stuff. Would that yeah, you'll notice people with ADHD they could be on the phone for hours, but they're texting about eighty-five people at the same time. When an average That's person really. might just text three people. Uh-huh. So what? In, what ADHD? If it's the inattentive type. What that means is that their mind needs to fly. If, if the speed limit's 65, any, as long as their mind is flying at 100 miles per hour, they're okay. Oh, wow. So, yes, a kid can sit for five hours if they're ADHD, the inattentive type. If they're the hyperactive type, you'll notice that while they're playing the game, they're standing up. They're playing the game, different positions, mm-hmm. up, down. They're moving. They'll play upside down. You'll see how interesting it is that they're playing the game for five hours, but they're also moving their body the entire time. No, that's what he was diagnosed for, hyper, because you couldn't sit in a classroom for that long. Again, a classroom is where it's bored, where it's boring. Hey, how boring it is, Lahavdo. I don't have someone calling it boring, but when a Rebbe has to teach for 25 kids, this kid's got one-on-one attention. ADHD kids, when you have sometimes a Rebbe learning with a one-on-one and interesting, they can do it. But that's why sometimes they're trying to push them like to self-contained classes, where you've got six kids in the class, so the Rebbe could give them the attention. But if the Rebbe is not giving them the attention, then it will get them, then they will lose their attention right away, and they'll be focusing on other areas. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. The number to call in is 718 5858. That's 718-683-5858. And uh, I just read more. Just tell the, the, the texter that uh, the question that uh, basically they text us is okay. highly difficult to answer. In that, so that... That's right. So we've gotten a lot of nice questions that people are texting us, but unfortunately these questions have to be called in. And I understand they're private and you might feel uncomfortable calling in, but on the other hand, I just want you to realize that people have called in about these questions all the time. So they're age-appropriate, they're appropriate to bring in. I understand they might be divulging information of family issues. However, please understand, we understand that you're sending the messages over and over. But as you can tell, this question, Baruch Hashem, these programs, were able to have people call in. And for the listeners, it is a lot easier if, we, if they, or there's a lot more gained when you actually have an interaction with a person back and forth rather than read a text, which I'm making assumption as to what's happening. Okay, so the number to call in is 718-683-5858, and we are going now to Mrs. Dunn. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, Mrs. W.? 
Hello? Can you see yeah. Hello? Yes. Oh, yes, you're on. I'm sorry. So I have a quick question that I'd like to ask. Just one second, if you can hold on. I have, is it okay if I give you like two, two seconds? How about we just go the other way? First tell me the question, then give me the background. No problem, sir. Okay, listen, so let me go ahead. Instead of asking, I was, texting, I was sending you a message to tell the person. The person that mentioned the attachment theory, this is a question Hello. that is n nothing to do with attachment theory. You're asking something completely different, and um, it's just that is not an appropriate question for ear. So this person has sent their message about three times. I think that you've sent it to me, and it's not a question that we will address on air. It's using a theory of attachment theory and using some other theories and they're they're looks like they've heard some things from me and they're putting making a challenge they're very very different so to that person i would even make the request when you heard to call in please don't call in that question okay mrs w you're on the air again hi thank you um thanks for taking my call i'd like to ask you i'll give you the question first as you said thank um you. is there any way that you could share like how to not necessarily detach, but not get involved emotionally in what other people are doing around you. Meaning, I mean, it's more like regarding um, Yiddish guy, but I wouldn't take it to that level just because I wanted to stay within the frame of emotional health. Um, just when someone is doing something which makes you feel uncomfortable being around them, what would you say, like, could he possibly do to not get involved emotionally like witnessing that? So here's, again, a theoretical question. I don't do well on okay, theoretical questions. Okay, so it's actually questions. a relative so of mine that, to be more open, that, is not, that is not behaving the way that, that I was Again, so I would well, like, again, this is, again, let me, let me explain to you what I consider a question. I have a friend that she's hostile, going off the derech, and she's trying to get me to go off, or I don't want to be around her. I need more details. Please understand that. You know, there are some people that are psychologists and some people that are therapists, and they are unbelievable theorist people. It means they love recognizing ideas, questions, thoughts, and they can prove all the theories. There are some people that are more clinicians. It means they're hands-on, they're therapists, and less in theory. There are people that are both. So I consider myself more a technician, means more of a healer that I deal with a person. And with each person, the theory will change when you hear more information. So... I want to know so the like other to therapists I, I that would be like, doing this program. What? They would love to talk about the theory. I am just, that's not my nature. I will take a theory only if I can take it to a practical and explain it to you. So I need practical, and I can give you the theory to understand the practice. So again, for me, for my understanding, your question is way too theoretical. I need to have, I want this and this, my friend is like that and that. And this is my question. So I need detailed examples. I apologize as Apologize, I can't answer your question as general as you'd like. This is just the way I am. So could I try? Maybe Go I'm ahead. If it's so, like, if it's so not detailed enough. Go ahead. Okay, so I have a relative of mine that's behaving in a way that makes me feel like bothered. It's not. It's not about the way they that they bother me directly. It's the way they act. Which just triggers me. Again, now like, I need a detail. Is this a thing that they chew out loud? I have a friend of mine that bothers no, me. So no, no, no. It's, 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 it's the way they do stuff. They're my house. I need more the details. Way they, they're getting things done, and to me, it's like 
it's very striking and it makes me feel like being wrong because I'm, I'm witnessing actually the wrong things that are being done. Okay, what about I'm saying? Can you tell me that they take the, the eating with the finger, the eating with, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, with grabbing it here and taking it? What, what is the, the exactly actual uh, phys, uh, physical motion? No, so let's say, I don't know if you, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind giving you the actual example, but I wonder if, if you'd like that. It's like, for example, um, It's basically, they're not living on my terms, and what happens is, when I'm being around Notice them... Notice how you didn't do it. You three times... Look, let, let, listen, watch three this. Three times I've we asked you to give us a detail. Every time you said, I don't mind doing it, and you're not doing it. No, because I, I find it like it's, it's more about halakha and this type of thing, and I don't find it like I could do it in a practical level. Okay, let, 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 I'm, I'm sorry that I cut you. I am now sitting in front of you on the table, and in okay. front of this person. What happened now? You have a plate of rice and a chicken, and 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 a bread. What what actual, okay. so what actual happened? That, what so they they take let's say uh, a knife. I'm not talking about a sharp one, but let's say a knife, okay. and they would they would actually use it to eat with it. To me, it's like hello, you're doing something really wrong. Okay. Like, uh, how, uh, okay. How are you trying to eat with a knife? So it's not a sharp one, but so they they just. That's the way they they get the. I don't know. It's okay. So this this something that uh, uh, your your um, it's your obje- object of this uh, uh, act, right? And yes. I question like this: What is the relationship with the person? Is is your your spouse, your brother, your your parents? What what just? Uh, so it's a close relative. Yeah, one of one of the above. Uh, one is above. Okay. So you see, if it's your spouse, you said, listen, my dear husband. I really, really, it's bothering me, you know. I know that, you know, that's try to, to, you know, try to work. I know I know that many times, for example, me, and uh, me and my wife, you know, men from Mars and women from Venus, and each one is a different thinking. And uh, many times, you know, we are not thinking the same same level, most of the time. And my wife can say, my dear husband, uh, and he seems, you know, it, it's, it's bothering me. It's bothering me that the way of that you're eating, the chewing, uh, you know, Maybe you you know make noise, so maybe you can you can be a little bit aware about it. The ninety nine percent this person is not aware about what is bothering you. Did you right. ever did you ever spoke about it? It's your first year of the marriage. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, and it's if it's it's the first you know could be that it's a first year of marriages, and couple are very afraid to talk about it. You know, it's something that really. Okay. So this so is what something. What if it's, it's not like someone I live with on a day-to-day basis? Okay. So this. I can like they hang around me or I hang around them. So you um, you see you can take with them. You know what you can maybe maybe you can if it's not daily. Uh, um, that's going to be another person that involved with them daily, involved with their involved with them daily, just to get influence. I said it's very bad me. I know that's you know, and maybe also. You have to understand that other you yourself judge the other person favorably and see that the other people thinking that it's cool to eat with a knife. <laughs> that's a, you know, I, I would say that uh, why not? You know, sometimes you take okay. a knife. So it, actually, if I try to explain it to them, how is it, how would you say, would it be like, com, com, how would you suggest 
could have come forth in a way that it shouldn't be like too direct. Uh, like I find it like it's a little more sensitive than it's it's something that it's you know about them. It's not about like it's my issue in some way, and I wouldn't say like I need to. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to control them in any way. I don't. Want, I wouldn't want to feel make them feel like I disrespect them in any way. So I, I think I think just you have to swallow it yourself. I'm telling you, with all the respect, you know, just is their life, and you can think that it's that or, or try to avoid seeing them doing uh, this. You know, you if it's bother you too much, said so you know what I, I I I because it's really you know what certain let's say I I would say I know I know person. <laughs> Remote, I'm sorry. That I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. glad you take this okay. one over. It's okay. wonderful. It's a pleasure. I know certain communities. Let's say I, I know that if I, if, if by my previous life, I used to go and eating with, for example, with, uh, with a Bedouin, you know, Bedouin, it's, it's a tribe in the desert, you know. And all, exactly, all, okay. all idea of a Bedouin tribe when you're doing a nice, uh, a soda, a nice, uh, yeah. you know, a hafla party. The only idea is you have bowl of rice and meat into full of oil and all this, and everybody basically with the finger, with the <laughs> finger, take the rice with the oil and make it like a small bowl and eating it, you know. And it's, <laughs> I, 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 you see the reaction? And this is their kind of lifestyle. And this is something yeah. that I, you know, for uh, for us, either we accept it and sit with them and eat with them and enjoy the oil dripping through the, uh, you know, the, the the face and on the clothing, or we just stand aside and insult them. Also, this is something that's very important on the on the issue. So something like this, you have to understand, if they enjoy these people, this person, these people, they enjoy this stuff, and it's not. Something that you see every day, daily, you have to okay. you have to understand, accept other people. It's it's something that you judge yourself. You don't act like this. Okay, very nice. Right, I can. But my question is, this is more of an example. Like for me, when I watch that, it's like it brings up on me a more of a feeling of disappointment or shame. Not uh, about it's uh, it's not about like. Discomfort. Okay, so I tell you, it's it's you have to work about yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, I just want okay, like to see if anyone the number to call up seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three. We go to Miss Mrs M. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sure. And thank you for thank being you. brave to call up and getting your questions. It's wonderful, Baruch Hashem. Beautiful, beautiful. Mrs M, you're on with Mordechai and the Rav Nissen. Yes, hello. Yes, hello. Yes, hello. I'm, I'm calling about my husband. Um, um, he grew up in a family where um, one of his parents um, probably has um, some kind of BPD, um, maybe controlling issues. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. he, although that hasn't affected, I mean, it probably has, but he's worked on himself and is able to function normally. Um, he still has problems when he goes to his parents' house and he um, he sees his parents acting the same way to his younger siblings. 
um, or the way they behave to him, and which um, brings up again all the pain and all the um, emotions that he um, went through. Um, I want to know what 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 approach should he take? What what could he do about Therapy. it? Therapy. Hey, let's understand. If someone says they went through a severe car accident, the car barely works, or the car is functioning, but whenever they go back to those same areas, it's so stuck. That it gets stuck, then you got to go to a mechanic that will fix the car and will teach you how to deal with those certain tough roads. So, again, imagine the car went to a certain dirt road and the car gets banged up. they got to learn now new ways how to deal with that. If a parent's got personality disorder, that's severe. That's a severe, bumpy road. There's lots of damage on that road. Whoever is going to deal with that road will have a difficult time. And now when you're emotionally attached, when it's your parents and siblings all involved and all enmeshed, it makes it 10 times harder. So you've asked the question, it takes about two years of therapy. So children of personality disorders are usually about a year to two years in therapy. And you want to have the simple answer. It's not. You first learn how to, they have to deal with their inner self-esteem. They have to deal with a lot of the inner voices that they feel. They have inner voice. If you're a child of a personality disorder, your chances are you're thinking you're worthless. Chances are you're thinking about all the bad stuff that you did. Chances are you're thinking you really deserve. Deep down, you're feeling you deserved it, and you should have gotten all that pain. This is what children of personality disorders feel like. Chances are when they get there, and why are they always running back? Because there's such a, a lack. They need that mother's love or that father's understanding, and they're going to go back over and over and over. Our brain is meant to have us repeat the situation over and over until we learn to master it. And so your husband might be going back and back for more abuse, not even realizing it, and you're the outside healthy wife saying, why are we going back? Like, we can speak to them, we could say, good job, you could go there for a condition, but then don't stay there a whole soother for two, three hours when everything happens. Right. All right, um, so the answer, I'm sorry, you've asked me a severe question. And that is unfortunately therapy. I try, really try not to say therapy, but the minute you're going into a personality disorder, it's like saying that someone has a very severe level of strep throat. So how do we just get over it without going to doctors or antibiotics? Personality he has been to therapy, have... and he, he, he doesn't go to his parents. Um, just, he usually doesn't go there. Just, he goes, you know, every few weeks, just to the midst of Kibadov, just to say a travels back. Even though he just um, sees his parents or anything, <laughs> watches anything, it, it just triggers again all the things. That's so. right. So you continue the process. That's why it takes a while, unfortunately. That is exactly why it takes a while. Mm-hmm. It's years of pain means there, yeah, there's just so much to talk about this. Yes, Herb, listen, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. And... Yeah. Okay. Listen, who do we have next? Okay, we have a Miss R. Miss R, hi. You're on there with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, thank you for taking my call. Um, I am a, I'm a preschool teacher in a very large school. Um, and I'm just wondering if something that I tend to do very often, um, if it's something normal or it's something I feel like Whenever I go from place to place, like we have a roof to play on and a backyard to play on, and dismissal is not the simplest. Um, they're trying to try making it better, but it's, it's so complicating. You have to walk out, walk down a whole block with, with all the children. I feel that nerves I have 
when I'm going from one place to another with the students or when I'm dismissing the students is, 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 is I, I don't know if it's extreme, but I turn around, I would say every half a minute, if not less, or between every turn and corner, and I have to make sure I have all my students there, and I recount them, and I recount them, and I recount them, and I recount them. Is that something that... Can I ask you a question? Um, Are you the only one, or do you have an assistant going with you? For example, when they walk, they usually have one teacher up front and one teacher in back. So sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. When I well, do, you don't. It's when I do, I so even even if I even if I do have someone in the back, I still I still turn around and count. Well, then them. what happens if you have that teacher in front and you in the back? Then I count I them from the back. It is a huge responsibility taking children, preschool children, a block which they can get distracted at any second, a fire hydrant, a truck, a little toy on the street, a little piece of gum, a little branch, and then they run off. That's, that's pretty right. But my, problem, my, my, my question is, um, I look around, there's a lot of other teachers, and I don't know if I'm just overly worried. I am, I am a warrior by nature. Again, if, you got, if you're one teacher alone, it is normal. But even if I'm, it doesn't matter. Even if I'm someone else, I'll count them. Almost the same okay, let me shift it to you. What do you think? I love doing this to clients. They cannot stand when I do that to them. Do you think you have a problem? Um, I, I, I think, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. What do you think? I didn't ask what you know. I asked what do you think. I know clients, I know you don't like the way it feels. No clients can stand how it feels. At the I, beginning, I think at the so. End, I think, I very much think so because okay. I'm the only teacher that. Now let me ask you that... Do you find that you have this issue in other places in your life? Um, I am a warrior. Oh, okay. So now we go. So let's now take your question, and that's what we do with clients. Can you list three other places that you find yourself worrying a lot? Um, really in any situation. I mean, people wouldn't worry. Um, okay. So now you're a warrior. Now let's take it a step further. How many of your parents, or means your mother or your father or just one of them, are warriors? Not that I know. Um, Think, think so. about it. Are any of them worried when someone doesn't call, someone doesn't come home right away? Yeah. Expected some, what? Yeah, sort of. It. Yeah, sort of. So that's called a worrier. But not as extreme as me, I don't think. Of course not. The next generation always gets it worse. Don't worry. The next generation always got it worse. So is there anything that, is it, is it normal what I'm feeling or is it? Oh, you answered your question. Is it normal to feel that way? I think it's normal, but I, 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 I at the same time think it's not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask, uh, is, uh, is happened to you sometimes, uh, um, time, one time, that you lost a kid or something like this? No, actually not. Actually, okay. something did happen so, in the school where I work today, and it just, like, made it even worse because <laughs> okay. somebody did lose a child um, from going to one place to another, and it just, like, made my fear even stronger. It's, it's, it's a nightmare of mine to ever lose a child. I, I, there's a reason. I actually am not the teacher. I'm actually the assistant. But okay. I do end up having a lot of teacher responsibilities. Um, and I, I, I am so worried to be a teacher. I am in, I, I am in a, pre a preschool classroom for a good couple of years, but I am extremely... Uh, the Aquarius is, is daunting to have, you know, so many kids under your I, I think I think that again I'm not a therapist but I would say that maybe maybe to get over this you know kind of it's very important that you have the this responsibility but I think that you have to give it away from your back a little bit and give 
for a tech, for example, another another teacher or another helper, and you say you re, you are responsible in this group, or respond, or even if you go on the, on the street line, uh, maybe take a rope and just go with the kids, you know, you know. Connect. I feel like that wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't feel like that would help me. I feel oh, no, like no. This this I think I didn't. I didn't think, I think that you have to, uh, to to work about it. Because this is a, a, and you know, I know that it's when it's starting accelerate and every you go with the two kids, you already is left and right, left and right. And don't, I'm not talking about 12 kids or 14 kids. That's, you have to trust yourself and just to say, and try to give also some kind of authority to other people. And this is give you a, a release somehow. Red Mordechai, right, what do you even think? Though, even though, even though, when I'm, even if I'm well, the assistant, I'm, I'm... a little I'm, bit of a shift to you. I'll just make you a little bit more worried, okay? So that makes my <laughs> job so much easier. I want you to realize that the healthy process in life is that let's say you're an assistant and you do it for the first couple of months, you're afraid or you're nervous, then you get comfortable with it, then you do it a second year as an assistant, then you're... Remember, assistant means that you're watching the teacher do things. The teacher gives you responsibilities. You feel comfortable. Maybe the first time you're concerned, but then it grows on you. And the healthy process of the human brain is after you do something several times and you get easier and easier, it is meant for you to then feel at a certain level to grow and to take upon yourself responsibility. I'm doing it for more than a year already, and it's still... That's right. When people have a strong worry, when they have a strong concern, they're not able to grow, and they're getting more and more afraid to participate in life. Like, let's just say it's a simple thing to just take the kids around, either with another teacher or yourself, and it's normal to be a drop concerned. Like you said, something just happened today at the school, which could happen, so it makes sense to be concerned. But the overly concern that you have might be something for you to look into, because as you get older, if you don't deal with it, the Rabbi Shalom gives us more jobs and more responsibility, and those people that are afraid, now unfortunately sometimes lock themselves and get trapped and stuck in themselves. So thank you for the call, and I would suggest you discuss it with your mother and say what to do. Discuss it openly with her, that you're getting more and more locked, you're getting more and more trapped, and to be aware that in life you're meant to feel more and more safe. And let's see what ideas you and your mother can come up with. We are going can, to Mr. Can I ask another question? Ooh, I'll tell you, we have someone waiting. We want to hop on, so maybe stay on hold. Okay, fine. Thank you so much for taking my call. Again, stay on the line. If Mr. E finishes and we've got time, we'll go back to your question, okay? I want okay, to thank you. Well, great. So just stay on hold. And Mr. E, you're on with Mordechai and her of Nissim. Hello. Yes, Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem and Mordechai. Hello. Hello. Shalom. Shalom, how are you? Thank you. What would you say is your question? What do we have the honor of getting your call? Okay. I have a son, but I have a wonderful son, and he's actually sitting right next to me. But I guess if um, I have any questions, then he's going to fill in. Um, go ahead. He's a wonderful boy. Hello? Yes, go right ahead. Okay. Um, we went to a simcha about two months ago, maybe three months ago. About three months ago. And he had to go to the bathroom. And there was a Shulamansi, and he went to the bathroom, and he got locked into the bathroom. Yeah. He just didn't know how to use the door, how to lock, unlock the door, and he got very, very scared. He's a 12-year-old boy. He got very, very intimidated. And yeah. he banged and banged and banged, and he couldn't get out, and there was another discussion, 
until some lady heard him, and she directed him, had opened up the door, and he got out of Hashem. Yeah. And since then, he happens to be a very strong boy, you know, psychologically, and um, since then he got, like, a fear of going to the bathroom by himself. Yeah. So when he goes to Haida, just pick up that line if you don't mind. I'm sorry. That doesn't disturb. I apologize. Um, since then, he, whenever he goes to the Haider, um at school, so yeah. he has no problem using the bathroom in Haider, the school that he goes to, because there are other people that are using the bathroom. You know, they have many, many bathrooms right. in the same Yeah. So, you know, if he gets stuck, he could always yell, someone help me. Yeah. Yeah, or he's creative, he'll be able to climb on top of the rafters and get out somehow. Yeah. When he's in the house, he says, Tati, could you please, you know, stay on the floor or right. stay in the room when I'm using the bathroom? Because he has some type of security that somehow he'll be able to get out in case he gets locked in. But he has this fear that somehow he's going to get locked in and he'll never be able to get out and he'll, and he'll be stuck, stuck, stuck in the bathroom. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he understands logically that he's not going to get locked in, but obviously the emotions are not logic, and he thinks that he might, you know, get stuck into the bathroom, then who knows who's going to find him, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we we got to stop in literally a minute. Such so we, a can, we, can, con- a we, uh, we can we can continue uh, oh. a little bit. Oh, we could? Okay, so this um, way I just, we'll finish after your question. Yes, exactly. Right? Okay, thank you. So I first would like to, I'm going to share with you my opinion. I want to hear of Nissan's opinion. So first of all, what I'd like you to explain to your son is how fear works. He's listening, actually. What? He's listening. Great. So then, son Tyra, let me just explain to you a little how the brain works. Now let me explain to you how we get out of certain fears, which means imagine someone's driving a bike and they fall down, they hurt themselves. It is normal to not to want to drive a bike again because I fell down, I hurt myself. Now, Let's say someone just fell down or almost fell down. Then they're not afraid to get back on the bike or to balance themselves because it was a slight almost, but they caught themselves. Sometimes you can have someone that fell down and they weren't really moving fast, so it was a little pain. So it's normal, and that's what we see most kids. They fall down, they get right back up. But sometimes there's someone that really hurt themselves badly in that book, and they might have broken a bone badly, and they had to have surgery on that. Next time they want to go on a bike, they're going to be scared. So it's very normal, the more scared you are, to not to want to do that action again and for the emotions to really fit afraid. So you're really panicking. Your heart's really beating. You're really afraid. to What happens if I won't get out? So first we want to explain to you what happens to the brain. When you got locked in the bathroom, the first couple of seconds you're banging, you thought someone will come. Or you got scared, and normally you bang and you knock and someone will help you and save you. But if it goes on a while and no one's there, then the mind starts panicking. No one really is going to find me. Chas I'll never get out. So therefore, to understand, first to the logic part, then I'll explain to you there's an emotional part. So first to the logic part for you to understand, the minute the mind gets afraid that we're stuck now, then what we got to do, number one, is to teach your mind that you're not stuck. Or even if you are stuck, there is a solution. So for an example... You would know now if I would tell you if we can redo the story with what happened in the bathroom, and if you would know, okay, you're going to get locked in, you're not going to know how to do it, but if you're going to bang for five to ten minutes, someone will come, then you feel safe. People will come to get you five to ten minutes. So let's understand step one. Does that make sense if you're just telling if your son is shaking his head that the fear is normal, just like one break 
hand or in major pain in surgery, they'll be afraid to ride a bike. It makes sense for the mind to be afraid. Does he say that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Now let's try the next step. The next step is now how we get out of that fear. So therefore, many times when people have car accidents and they're afraid to go in a car because of a car accident, they usually try to encourage the person to go to a car and maybe with someone with you, and then the person's going to go away for 30 seconds, and then a minute, then two minutes. So let's take the example that your father shared with us about the house. Let's say you're afraid to go alone on the second floor, alone to the bathroom. You might work out now with your father. It's called exposure therapy. Exposure means where you get exposed, where you actually feel the feeling. And even though you're worried, you would know it's just for 30 seconds and your father will come up the steps. Then you do the same thing for a minute. The longer you have the experience, and also you get afraid, it's okay. You know your father's going to come in 30 seconds or in one minute. And that's how you build it up. This is the classical cognitive behavioral model where you practice the fear, you get exposed to the fear longer and longer. You might even do it in one night. Okay, go up for 30 seconds, then go up for a minute, then go up for two minutes. And you'll just learn to practice that when you feel the fear, you'll see nothing happens from the fear, and it's okay. Does that step first make sense? This is one solution to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But I'm really locked in. I would try to get out. I'm panicking. Good. Let's stop. Go to the word panicking. Now let's go to the second solution. When the mind panics, right away the mind thinks there's no way out. Why does the mind panic? Because as long as you thought there's a chance for someone to help you, let's give you another example. Let's say another kid would now go to a bathroom where there's no one there. Well, let's say before the story two months ago, would you have a problem going to a bathroom if no one is there? No. no. Because your mind knows there's always a solution. I could get out this way. You speak to kids, they'll tell you, I could climb through the window. I can fly. I could break down the door. What happened is all of a sudden you had many solutions in your mind when you're in that bathroom, and none of them worked. That's when the mind panics. The mind panics when I don't feel there's any safety anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what we want to create is for your mind's safety. Can you realize that if you scream for help, you bang on the door, after 10 minutes, within 10 minutes, someone is going to come and help you? Yeah, well, let's say no one would hear me. It's a brick. Let's say what happens? It's brick wall and no one will hear me in 10 minutes. Excellent. So notice what your mind has done. Beautiful. So what your mind did was, your mind sees or pictures now why it can't happen. Those what happens if I won't get help? So as long as your mind is focusing on that I can't get help, then your mind will get stuck. Now, I want to help your mind come up with solutions that there's always help. Can you come up with an idea or even a feeling? Watch this. Try closing your eyes. I haven't done this in probably a year of this, and let's try this. <laughs> close your eyes. Feel your just... Uh, we're not going to do feel your heart beating. Just close your eyes. Now imagine you're in that bathroom and you're locked. What was going through your thoughts at those times? We do this in therapy every day, but not on air. What's the feelings? Go to that two months ago. What was the feelings that you were feeling? That I can never get out and I'll starve to death in there. Excellent. Stop at that moment. And I'll picture there could be another one of you in there. What solution, what ideas could you give yourself? Your fear was you'll never get out of Hashem, you'll starve to death in that place. That's the fear. And once you realize there's really Hashem, no way out, you're stuck, right? Now the mind is trapped. Now it panics. What other solutions can you come up with? Could you imagine that you just press a button and you can call your father? Within a second he comes. 
Imagine you press another button and all of a sudden food starts coming in that you'll never starve for death. doesn't have to be real. What solution yeah, can you... Yeah, but that's you... never going to happen. Right, and starving to death there will never either happen. Because let's imagine you're at the wedding for an hour and your father notices, hey, where's my son? Let's say your name is Mordechai. Where's Mordechai? We don't see him. Let's go check. We don't see him. Now let's get the whole family. Let's go look for Mordechai. Where's Mordechai? And within an hour of everyone searching for you, they're going to find you. Now that's if you don't even do anything. So starving to death in a bathroom in a wedding hall is never going to happen. So I want you to understand your fear isn't real. Your fear is an emotion. Emotion is a feeling. It's not real. But if it feels it's real, we'll react like it's real. So therefore, we want to fight like fire with fire. It means since the emotion isn't real, we want to create a solution that's, not, that's also not real that would calm you down. So if you're stuck in the bathroom, what would be a magical solution or an emotional solution? It means an answer that would put your emotions at ease. And it could be that you get powerful strength and you could just kick down the door. Could be you can call your father in your mind and he can hear you. Anything. What solution would put you at ease? You could be anywhere, even brick walls, and you can get out of that. There's no solution if you're trying to get a brick wall. No, there's no solutions to brick walls. What about the cleaning crews? Right. What? It's a wedding hall. You have a cleaning crew all the time. Yes, but they have to clean they have to clean the they have to clean the bathroom constant because the right. guests you don't nobody wants okay, a, eventually. You know, right, a, they're gonna have to uh, clean it but at the end of the day uh, are you, uh, let, let me let me ask you something uh, it's it didn't fast uh, two hours four hours we think you could be starved in a two hours or three hours or even 12 hours. No, but it's scary. It's scary, yes. It's a, we understand, you know, when you ride the horse and you're very good riders and the horse just kick you out, the first lesson in, the, in this riding, that you just put you back on the saddle of the horse and start again. And yeah, I believe but... in, the school, in the school you went to the bathroom all the time since you was in a pre-1, right? And you never had a problem. Never did you ever happen to you at any school? You just that you like yourself. Yeah. What? It's happened to you in the school that you you like yourself in the school and you couldn't. Never got back from the school of No. And how many years are we over there? At least six years. Eight years, seven. Yeah. So let's go ahead. So Rav Nissen is doing the cognitive system of explaining to you that a fear isn't logical and try the other style. In other words, realize it's not real. Can you realize that your image that you're holding in your mind isn't real? Imagine well, I'm in the bathroom and I'm starting to bang down the door. It is real. It's real. Okay, let's go back to your fear. Let's, go, let's take going to the bathroom in your house. What are the chances of the bathroom door in your house you're going to get locked in? Well, in my house, if someone's on the floor, I would go. No, let's go. No one's on the floor. What are the chances the bathroom in your house that you're going to get locked in? For five hours, there's a good chance if no one's there. Let's even say a thousand hours. What are the chances that you should get locked into the bathroom in your house? Do you know how to open the lock in your bathroom? Five percent. Really? How do you even get five percent? You ever get locked into the bathroom in your house? No, but... So why is it 5%? Why is it 5%? Did it ever, ever, ever happen? 
You know, let's say the lock breaks and I'm in it. ever happened? Unless it's on transcend. Good. So now let's recognize. So can no. you understand that there are two ways of dealing with it? Way number one is behavioral. means exposure. means even though your mind's coming up with ideas, but once you're actually driving the bike again, once you're in the car, you see it's not that scary. means when we think ahead of time how scary things are, we make it much bigger than it is. So I'll give you a classical example they give in cognitive therapy that they use. If you would see a storage room of how much food we're going to eat all our life and say, you have to eat all that, we'll say, no way, I can't do it, and we'll get overwhelmed how much we have to eat. Do you ever sometimes imagine you're going to see a whole year, how much you're going to learn a whole year, go, I have to learn all that and look at the loose leaf that you wrote of notes. There's no way you'll get overwhelmed. So cognitive behavioral therapy is stop looking at the whole picture and let's just look at now. Right now, your house in the bathroom, the second floor, for you to start doing that alone. And then we start, you start doing exposure. You start building it in other places. That's behavioral therapy. That's the same way. I'm not saying you have that, but it's for people listening for information. When people have got an OCD, OCD must be done as well with exposure therapy. There are, anyone that does therapy and OCD and does not do exposure therapy, chances are they are not experienced or they're not trained. I don't know of any method out there. So I'll take it back to you. All your mind, all your fears are because you haven't tried it. And part of what happens is you get guided how to do a little at a time to the exposure therapy. That's the logical. That's the CBT method. means, Rav Nissen, we just tried to explain to you, of course, and on the logical level for you to know that it doesn't make sense to fear. But because you're still so stuck in it, that's usually where you would try every day a little more alone, and you see how strong you are. I'm trying to do a different method. Sure. I, as a father... When my son asks me, Tati, could you stay in the bedroom when he's using my private bathroom in, in my room? And he asks me, could you stay in the bedroom because I'm scared I might get left in the bedroom. I should say, Zin Tiger, I think that you should use the bathroom. And after five, ten minutes, I'll come back into the room. Or you do it less and less. No, you start working with him in exposure. So you might first tell him, I first want you to be upstairs on the second floor alone, even without a door closed, without even a bathroom. And you start building it up. Now I want you to go to a, to a room for three minutes, then come down. Now I want you to go into a room. Even if there's, well, even if there's a lot. I don't understand what I'm saying. I have a bathroom in my room, let's say. I know. So you're jumping to... to the bathroom. I'm, going it, I'm doing it slowly. Exposure therapy is done slowly. He has no problem going upstairs by himself. Now. I know that. That's how you build it up. First be upstairs, then go to a room alone. Then maybe put yourself in the closet alone. Before you get to the bathroom, you see how you can do it. Now go to a bathroom alone. Then it could be your bathroom, then to another bathroom, and you do it slowly. You build it up. Mm-hmm. And no first you stand outside the door, then you tell him I'm going to walk further away. And then you tell him I'll walk away for 30 seconds. It could be small. Once the mind gets mm-hmm. used to once Even you go 30 seconds. Even though he has no problem doing any of those things by himself. Without you there. Right. Then you build it up to where he starts having an issue issue he has. Wait, say that again? Even though he has no problem going to a closet by himself. Slowly, that's right. You want to do it. So you're able to do that alone. Good. Now let's go to, and maybe you'll go to a room or bedroom that has a lock on the door. You want to start getting exposure to a lock, that the lock might get locked, and you're okay with it. Then go to a bathroom. So you can uh, do, so you could spend in one hour, do six or seven different places. Now let's do it a step further. Now let's go to the bathroom. Now oh, let's go to the bathroom with the door unlocked. Lock them up in a place, in like, let's say in, in my study. Put the lock on, 
That's lock right. And he can unlock it, but you're staying at the door first for 30 seconds. Then you'll go further away, and that's when right, you do right. the exposure. I follow. That's right. And you do it each day. You do it several nights. Which even if it gets better one night, if you don't follow up the next day, it can't fall back. So exposure therapy has got to be repetitious for several days, and each time you're increasing the level. And if he has a hard time, it's okay. Don't, fall, don't think like, let's see, doing three, four days, it's built up, it's okay. Then he has a hard day. That's normal. Just the next day, tell him it's okay. We'll do again. You start again, small, but you'll see how much quicker it builds itself up again. So it's normal to have. Time, uh, you should, should try to escalate. No, so that again, yes. Each harder, time, time you try to escalate, you try to do more and more exposure to it. Yes. When it, I'm saying when you say exposure, it should be a little bit harder each time. Exposure. Yes. Yep. Or sometimes use your instincts when you might bathroom. do it two or three times in a row. So like maybe we'll do it, okay, you're now five minutes alone in the bathroom. Let's do it three times for five minutes. You don't have to up it to eight or ten minutes. It's based on your working with your son. You know your son. You can tell. You can be there. He can even say, I'm so scared. Tell him I'm trusting there. I'm there for you. To understand this is for your own benefit. You reassure him. And right. if he might have a hard time, well, once, okay, no, instead of doing it five times tonight, we'll only do it three times tonight, but we got to do it. Right. You build that. Another thing that you can also do, and this is interesting, it's going to sound funny, but it's a very powerful tool that I do with adults. And I call it more object therapy, but it's based on the play therapy modality, which is let's, let's, let me make an assumption that you've got a lot of young kids at home and you've got some toys there. Your son might find that looking at the dolls or looking at the toys, or let's say one of the figures would either be a superhero or one of those figures would be like a massive arm that they could break down walls. And sometimes when you can hold an object, that's what we use in the play therapy, and I use it a lot for adults when we want to identify emotions, get the subconscious to feel healthy or safe. We have the person take that with them. So hold it with you when you know you got this little thing with you that you can't always fight. So I've got sometimes clients where they have to deal with difficult people and they're afraid. So just holding a little object that makes them feel confident one of them could have a gun, not that they're going to shoot the other person, but I am protected. Or sometimes some of them take a flower, like a little small flower, and say, oh, I feel so cared for. I feel that there's love surrounding me, that when I'm around a negative person, it's whatever it is. Your son might even choose to take something with him if there's a game or something. So be in the bathroom and just he'll say, I'm bored. So here, take a book while you're there. Well, something that will give you the inner security and the inner safety while you're there for you to be busy. For you to be okay. Could you take a knife with him? Um, well, I'd let you make that decision. I'm not proud with that, but if he, would that would that make it like a little weaker because either that or how about a hammer? How about tell him you know you can have a hammer? No, when a person he doesn't even have to use it, just knowing he could have a hammer is something that he no, can break through the door. No, my problem is would that make it a little bit? Would that make it a stress of the the um, making him feel more secure because? Now he's not getting the full No, exposure. no. Once the mind feels secure, the beauty of the subconscious is that once the subconscious feels secure and confident, then it it's in, and then it's good is. forever. Once it's in, it's like you forget about it, then he'll even forget he ever, he ever even had this problem. Uh-huh. You follow what I'm saying? What I mean to say is that once he's using a crutch with it, it might not. Right, that's your worry. What I'm explaining is if it's logical therapy that you're doing, then he will need that. If it right. is okay. the other type therapy, if it is more the subconscious therapy, then it's that very, very different. That doesn't make a difference what, what he's using with that. Yeah. Right. Okay, thank you so much for your time and your wise advice. My uh, pleasure. I hope it works. Now, I would even ask you if you can share with us, please call up next week 
and share with us the feedback. I'd like to know what it worked, how much, completely, a little, things got better, he's completely forgot about it. Let's see, I'd like to hear the feedback, and also if you can call earlier on so we can also give you more time and I'll be able to speak to him. I just want to give both of you a compliment. You think that a week could take care of this problem? Of course. Merit Hashem, gone. Really? Completely gone. Sure. You're thinking a long week if we work on everything you Avada, told us. it's a one-time week. trauma, something that happened over years. So let's, it's a nice awareness that you just created. If there is a problem that took years to build, it takes many months and sometimes even a year or two to heal. So if someone's never raised in a very unhealthy background, severe anxieties all around, so they're raised in that for 40 years, it can take a good two years of therapy to heal. But if someone just had a one-time incident, then I'll even tell you, call up next week, but if it didn't help, there are separate, certain therapy modalities that could help in one or two sessions. Like I'm thinking EMDR, I'm thinking again this object therapy. There are three or four therapy modalities that since it just happened once to a kid, this is like a traumatic experience, and because he's young and it just happened two months ago, the earlier you deal with it, you could be done with this in three or four sessions. And I don't want people now thinking, oh, yeah, I could go send to Mordechai three. No, no, most cases that I get are severe traumas all around, plus there's a one little thing to finish it. But this is a one-time issue that happens. So, yes, I want you to know you can try the exposure. It could help. If not, call up next week, and I'll recommend some other solutions that are out there. That yes, mm-hmm. I do believe in a very okay. short time. We're with the good working on working in, and we're going to call back to another. with pleasure. My uh, question, is, my what, question, what my question: What's the reaction of the mother? Okay, good, and I want to hear also the reaction of your <laughs> son. What is your son? What's his face now when he's listening to what we're saying? Oh, he. What's your face? His face is yellow. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Excellent. That is magnificent. I would even tell you to try it exactly. Do it now. Slowly work it up. You'll see it. Yeah, you could even be done with this whole thing in one night even, and even two nights, just doing it, knowing yeah, that you're, you're practicing it. Say that again? The question is what, what the mother reaction. Yes, good. The mother reaction is that things roll and everything will fall into place. Uh-huh. She thinks that, you know, time will heal. So you should know time does heal many times, and unfortunately, time actually many Accelerate. times is the exact opposite. We build our fears. So this, you, you go, go ahead. You ask the question. You, you ask No, that. I think that, that that could be accelerate, and uh, exactly, you know, something like uh, it's uh, the direction of the mother is that it can be a very uh, effective about uh, this issue. If it's oh, neighbor, you have to to let it time and go like this. I think it's this is can accelerate the fear. Well, she, she doesn't think it's a big, it's a big deal. She thinks, you know, it's okay, and time will heal, and everything will be okay, and let's not make a big mountain out of it. Okay. So, uh, as Reb Mordechai, we, we're really anxious to, to hear the That's result right. next Close week. Next week, we look forward to hearing how it goes. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. My pleasure. Hatzloch, and continue being an amazing father, and for your son, so brave. He spoke up, willing to share his fear. And again, if you're listening, let me just tell you, this is something that can pass within a week. You can forget about it because it happened from a one-time incident. If this doesn't work, there are other solutions out there that can work in just literally one or two or three sessions, and you're done with the whole thing. And with ease, you're going to be able to go to bathrooms, locked, coming, going, alone, dark, camp, sleeping, outside, wherever you want. Just know it's Lefidar Chateva, easy to work. You just need someone skilled and someone knowledgeable in what they're doing, but... This in itself, just going and doing the exposure, can help it completely in itself. Okay. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Arvindus, for okay, a beautiful, wonderful program and for allowing us to go a lot longer. Okay, thank you, Mordechai. And uh, to our dear listeners, we continue the regular show.